When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. And good evening, everybody. Joe Beningo back with you again. The O oh, the Pain podcast, Monday, June 7th. Uh, D-Day, actually. Uh, 2022, the Joe Beningo O oh, the Pain podcast, of course. Brought to you by Beach Camera, by the Hackensack Brewing Company, by KZ Sports Marketing, by Anita Discount Tire, and by the Blue Hill Golf Course in Pearl River, New York. We got to open up with the Rangers Game 3 of the uh, Stanley Cup uh, uh, Eastern Conference Final in Tampa, getting the first game in Tampa, and they lose to the Lightning 3-2 uh, to two with the Lightning scoring the game winner with 40 seconds left in regulation. You know, this was a brutal loss. I mean, there's no other way to say it. I mean, if you're a Ranger fan, you're pumped up. They had the 2-0 lead coming into this game, but you, you, you cannot feel good after losing this game yesterday. You just can't. I mean, the Rangers had a 2-0 lead in this game. They scored two power play goals. Uh, Zabanajad and Kreider with the power play goals to give the Rangers a 2-0 lead. Both on penalties where the Lightning basically ran over Igor Shesterkin. And I know Gerard Gallant was not happy about it, but it happened a couple times in this game. The Rangers, however, did capitalize. But Tampa Bay came back, and the Rangers took a couple bad penalties. You know, Jacob Truba who has played tremendous hockey for the Rangers in this series, all the big hits he's had, all the block shots and all of that, uh, wound up really hurting him with three terrible penalties in this game. He took two penalties, and both times, both times, only a couple minutes after Kreider had given the Rangers a 2-0 lead, Truba gets a penalty, and immediately Tampa Bay capitalizes on it to make it 2-1. Truba gets another penalty later uh, Later on. Actually, the Rangers led 2-1 after the second period in this game. But then in the third period, another Truba penalty and another power play goal. I think it was Stamkos that scored this one. Kucherov scored the one that made it 2-1 for Tampa. And then Steven Stamkos with the goal that made it 2-2 on the power play. And that's where it stayed, but you never, you know, until the final minute of this game, but you never, ever felt good in this game. Never. Even with the Rangers up 2 nothing, you just didn't feel right. There was too much of this game being played in front of Shesterkin. Tampa Bay had a million shots on goal in this game. What they wind up with? 51 shots on goal in this game. Uh, Shesterkin did make 48 staves, but it wasn't enough. Vasilevsky had a much better game than he had the first two games at the Garden. Made some big saves as well. I think, he, I think the Rangers had 30 shots on goal. But it just seemed like there was just constant pressure in this game by Tampa. Constant, constant, constant. Too many stretches when the Rangers couldn't get the puck out of the zone. And remember, with the score tied 2-2, we talked about bad penalties by Truba. With the score tied 2-2, maybe there was eight, maybe eight or nine minutes left to go in the game. And the Rangers get a four-minute power play. They get a four-minute major. I forget who it was against. Uh, on Tampa, but a four-minute major might have been Victor Hedman. It might have been. I'm not sure. It doesn't really matter. The Rangers get a four-minute power play 
and less than a minute into the power play, Truba takes another terrible penalty to basically negate that four-minute man advantage. The Rangers did wind up at the end of it with about 27 seconds left of power play time. They did not score on that. That was a killer in this game. That was a killer. Truba killed them with three big penalties in this game, and every one of them hurt them. The Rangers got burned on every one of them. Two power play goals, and then the negating of that four-minute power play, and then you just didn't feel good. You just knew that somehow, some way, whether they whether they did it in overtime or whether they did it with 40 seconds left in the game like they wound up doing it, that the who was a Palat that scored the game winner for Tampa Bay, that the Lightning were going to win this game. You just did not feel good about it. You really didn't. And look, <clears throat> you had to expect, this is a two-time defending Stanley Cup champion. You had to expect that Tampa was going to come back and not just go out without a fight in this series. You know, you couldn't think that the Rangers were going to go on and just sweep this series. Um, but now, you know, with the way the Lightning came back here after the Rangers had a 2-0 lead, with the way they scored the game winner with 40 seconds left, you can't feel good about game four. I mean, I got to tell you right now, I fully expect, and if you're a real, and I hope I'm wrong about this, but I fully expect that we will be back at the Garden Thursday night with the series tied 2-2 and the Rangers in pretty much a must-win situation on Thursday night. I mean, that's the way I feel right now. I don't feel good about this game four coming up. I don't like the way the Rangers lost yesterday. They have to stay out of the damn penalty box. They have to. They have to. Look, they've been great on the power play. No doubt, they've scored 16 power play goals in the playoffs so far, more than any team in you know uh, in the playoffs this year. And they had two more yesterday, as I said, Zabanajad, Kreider, tremendous, great. All of that's great, but you can't like what's going on with the penalty kill. And this is a dangerous team. And this is a reason this team's won back-to-back Stanley Cups. And I hate to say it, I think they really got off the snide yesterday. So I'm concerned. And um, I I got a feeling we're going to see seven games in this series. Thankfully, seventh game would be at Madison Square Garden. But I fully expect that this series is going to be back at the Garden, tied 2-2. I hope I'm wrong. I want to be wrong about this, you know. The Rangers uh, it looked like they had a stranglehold on this with the 2 nothing lead. But like I said, even when they were up 2 nothing, you didn't feel good about it. And the Rangers got banged up a little bit yesterday. Um, uh, Ryan Lindgren went out of this game early with an injury midway through the second period, didn't come back. Barclay Goodrow went out with an injury too after he blocked the shot. But then he actually came back in the game, did play the rest of the way. Lindgren tried to come out, actually went on the bench, but just couldn't go. I mean, just couldn't play. I mean, that was it. And, uh, you know, hopefully he'll be ready to go for game four. I don't know. But the Rangers took a little bit of a beating in this game. And like I said, you know, you you felt all along that, you know, Tampa was not going to go quietly in this series. And now the series is on. I mean, there's no other way to say it. And uh, you can't feel good about game four. You just can't. And we'll see what happens. I mean, if the Rangers could come out, you'd love to see them. Look, all you could have asked for, you would have signed, if you're a Ranger fan, after the 2-0 lead, you would have signed for a split with these games in Tampa. I mean, I don't think there's any question about it. And you'll feel a lot better if they bounce back tomorrow night and win. But I don't feel too good about that. Like I said, I think we're going to see Thursday night, Madison Square Garden, game five, 
series tied 2-2. I want to be wrong about this. Series tied 2-2. And, you know, we're flipping out as Ranger fans in a game that the Rangers are going to have to win because you don't want to see them down 3-2 going back to Tampa for game six. You do not want to see that happen. Um, you know, we'll see. You know, hopefully we're talking about the Rangers up 3-1 and, uh, and trying to close it out in game five on Thursday night. But I don't see it that way. And I hope I'm wrong. I want to be wrong. Uh, you know, what else can I say? You know, they were man. You know, when you look at this game, 60 minutes to this, 60 minutes of this game yesterday, the Rangers were completely outplayed five on five in this game. There's no other way to say it. They were outplayed when it was at even strength, even though, you know, this game was four power play goals until the game winner at the end. And the Rangers have to stay out of the penalty box. They have to do that. And they have to continue to capitalize when they get the man advantage on the power play. But this was a bad loss. I mean, I, I, there's no other way to say it. You know, you almost you almost would have felt better if the Rangers just got blown out in this game yesterday. You know, if they lost like 5-0 or 5-1, you know, just didn't have their legs in this game, maybe a little tired, you know, because they really, let's be honest, the Rangers have played every other night for over a month now. I mean, think about it. The Rangers have now played, what is it, 17 playoff games they've played so far, right? 17. Uh, the two seven-game series in the first two rounds, three games so far here. They've played 17 playoff games, and they played every other night. So for the, they have, uh, for the last 34 days, they have played every other night. And you wonder if that's, you know, maybe starting to catch up to them a little bit. You know, we thought maybe the, the layoff, and it probably did. The layoff probably hurt Tampa Bay in game one. But now the rest they had with the sweep over Florida in the second round of the playoffs, second round, you know, in, in, in the second round, uh, you know, maybe he's coming back to help them now. Maybe maybe that uh, is catching up in a negative way on the Rangers and catching up in a positive way on Tampa Bay. I don't know. You know, maybe I shouldn't be as down as I am. The Rangers are up 2-1. They found a way in all these series. You know, they were down 3-1 to Pittsburgh. They came back and won. They were down 2-0 uh, to Carolina. They came back and won. But um, – you know, this is a different team now. This is the two-time defending Stanley Cup champions. Can't feel good about yesterday's loss. It was a bad, bad, bad loss. I mean, no other way to say it. Let's hope they can bounce back. Game four coming up Tuesday. Let's hope that the, that the fatigue is not starting to set in a little bit with the Rangers here. As I mentioned, you know, they played every other day now for the last 34 days. They need to get off the snide and win this game and put themselves in position where they can close it out on Thursday in a game five. I do not feel good that that's going to happen. I just don't. And I hope I'm hundred percent wrong, but I got a feeling that we're going to be sitting there on Thursday night with the series tied at two, two and uh, the Rangers absolutely having to win uh, that fifth game. They don't want to go back to Tampa down uh, three games to two. Again, they still lead in the series two one. No doubt about it. I think every every Ranger fan would have signed if you would have asked me before the series, you know, would you sign for a 2-1 lead going into game four in Tampa? I think every one of us would have signed for that. You know, I think we would have been, let's, I'll take it. But I just don't like the way things transpired yesterday. Blowing the 2 nothing lead, the bad penalties, uh, yeah, winning the game with, you know, 40 seconds left in, in regulation, all the traffic in front of Shesterkin, all the shots on goal, 
51 shots yesterday. We'll see what happens uh, in game four coming up uh, tomorrow night. But uh, again, can't feel great about it. All right. Joe Beningo with the Oda Payne podcast. Uh, let's get my uh, sponsors in here. Of course, all, as always, the Hackensack Brewing Company. All my buddies over in Hackensack at the Brewing Company, Mike Jones and and Herb and TJ and Andre and everybody. And we, we thank them all for all the great support they've given us. Um, we'll be back. We'll be back to doing a, uh, a, a live podcast coming up uh, probably early next month. We'll let you know exactly when that's going to happen. We're kind of taking the month of June off. But um, you know the deal on the, uh, on the brewing company, Hackensack Brewing Company. It's located 10 minutes off the GW Bridge, less than 30 seconds off Route 4 in Hackensack's Fairmont uh, neighborhood. Uh, you know, the tap room's open from 4.30 to 10 p.m. Monday through Friday, 2 to 10 Saturday, 12 to 8 on Sundays, 78 Johnson Avenue in Hackensack, right behind the tombstones. Uh, check it out. Uh, go see everybody there and tell them that uh, Joe B. sent you. All right? The great Hackensack Brewing Company. Also, let's mention my buddy Kenny Zor, KZ Sports Marketing. Uh, you know how good Kenny is. He helps me book guests. Uh, later on today, we'll do our interview with Coach Mike Westhoff. But uh, Kenny's done a great job. Uh, if you're looking to secure your favorite athlete or celebrity for any event, it could be a charity function. It could be a corporate golf outing, in-store autograph appearance. Give my good buddy Kenny Zor from KZ Sports Marketing a call. You can call him or text him directly on his cell phone, 516-996-7616. Simply visit kzsportsmarketing.com. Uh, always great. Uh, dealing with Kenny. And as I mentioned, later on this morning, we will be uh, interviewing the longtime special teams coach, 30 years uh, as a special teams coach in the NFL, specifically with the Dolphins and the Jets. And that, of course, is uh, Coach Mike Westhoff. Okay, as far as the baseball is concerned over the weekend, great bounce back by the Mets after they lost those first two games out on the West Coast to the Dodgers. They got their first shutout of the year in the first game of the series. Only scored one run and losing the first two games. They bounced back. Tremendous win on Saturday night. Uh, they beat up uh, uh, Walker Bueller. They beat him 9-4. Two home runs in a game by Pete Alonso, who's having a tremendous year. Lindor a home run in that game. Escobar a home run in that game. Uh, big win on uh, on Saturday night for the Mets as they win that game 9-4. And uh, really make you feel good, come back. But then, you know, they really backed it up. With the win yesterday afternoon, uh, what else can you say? They're down 2 nothing in this game after Trey Turner hit a home run early off of uh, uh, the kid Williams, who actually has pitched very well for them. I mean, yeah, you, you know, yeah, he kept them in the game. What, what a job he's done. A guy who wasn't even supposed to be in the rotation, but with the injuries to the rotation, uh, he's, he's, done, uh, he's done a terrific job. Uh, you know, Trevor Williams, he's been outstanding, no doubt about that. And he did a great job again yesterday. Pitched five solid innings, kept the Mets in the game uh, for them to be able to come back and eventually pull this game out. Uh, they did that. They took a 4-2 lead in the eighth inning. You had back-to-back -back doubles by Lindor and Alonzo as Alonzo just continues to rake. Uh, a, a great at-bat by J.D. Davis to move Alonzo to third uh, to get the uh, go-ahead run in scoring position with less than two out. Escobar with the sack fly to make it a 3-2 a, a game. And then uh, Nito with a big base hit to make it 4-2. You're feeling good. The Mets are up 4-2 going to the bottom of the eighth inning. And then Buck Showalter did something a little unconventional. 
And we really haven't seen him do this so far this year, but it's something that he has mentioned that he would do. He brings in Edwin Diaz in the eighth inning, not for to try for a six-out save, but just to come into the eighth inning because the Dodgers had their three best hitters coming up in the eighth inning in Mookie Betts, Freddie Freeman, and Trey Turner. And Diaz got the job done. He has a clean one, two, three inning against the top three hitters in the lineup. And you're like, oh my God, this was a brilliant move by Buck. No question about it. Except that Seth Lugo, and let's be honest, Seth Lugo's not any good anymore. You know, a couple years ago, he was a dominant relief pitcher. Really very, very good. You had a lot of confidence in him. Do you have any confidence in Seth Lugo anymore? I know I don't. And he comes in, immediately gives up a home run to Will Smith to make it a 4-3 game. He gets the next two hitters out. He gets the next two hitters out. So now there's two out. You got a one-run lead. You're one out away from putting the game away. And then he gives a, gives up a double to Chris Taylor. And then uh, this kid who making his first uh, career start, Alvarez, I believe is his name for the Dodgers. First pitch, base hit up the middle, ties the game at 4-4. Lugo gets out of the inning with the game still tied at 4-4. But at this point, you know, you can't feel good that the Mets are going to win this game. I mean, uh, you just can't. They go to the 10th inning. They get, uh, you know, Alonzo's the ghost runner. And, of course, a big base hit by J.D. Davis to bring Alonzo in. They take a 5-4 lead, but they only get that one run in the 10th inning. And, you know, with this new rule the way it is with the ghost runner, if you're the visiting team, you almost got to score twice in that top of the 10th inning, you know, to feel good about it that you're going to win the game. They only get one run, and now you're looking at Adonis Medina to try to close it out and save this game for the Mets. And the Dodgers have the ghost runner at second base, and who's coming up? Who who do the Dodgers have coming up in this inning? Well, Mookie Betts, Freddie Freeman, and Trey Turner. And you got to give this guy credit. He, He gets the job done. He gets it done. He does. He gets out of the inning. The Mets win the game 5-4, really a terrific win for the Mets yesterday. And they really showed you something by bouncing back after they lose the first two games to the Dodgers to beat them those second two games in L.A. And you got to feel pretty good about that. You really do. I mean, I think we were uh, all Mets fans would have signed uh, for a a, a split of the four-game series. You get that. And especially after you lose the first two games, to bounce back and win the next two, you got to be thrilled about that if you're a Met fan. And how much do you hate the Dodgers? Oh, my God. I can't stand them. I really can't. You know, and the Mets, I think, after they had lost the first two games of this series to L.A., had actually lost 24 of their last 29 games to them. You know, the Dodgers have manhandled them over the last number of years. So I thought it was huge that they bounced back and won these two games. They're back to 18 games over 500 again. Uh, what is the record now? 37 and 19. But uh, they keep finding ways to get it done. And again, you know, uh, it seems like they got new heroes. You know, it's not just Alonzo. It's not just Lindor. You know, McNeil's kind of has had a little bit of a rough patch lately. But I mean, it's not just the big guys. Stalling Monte. You know, everybody's contributing. Everybody. You get the terrific performance by Williams yesterday. You get the terrific performance by Medina. You know, the fact that Buck, who's been so unconventional this year, you know, going to Diaz in the eighth inning, it's actually, 
you know, and actually a very intelligent move. It's a great move. It looked like it worked until Lugo comes in and gives it up. And uh, again, uh, my biggest concern with this Met team going forward, you know, as they move on, and I clearly think they're going to win this division. I, I've said it before. I didn't want got an eight and a half game lead on the Braves right now. I feel they're going to wind up winning this division pretty easily, but they're only going to go as far as this bullpen is going to take them. And so far, Diaz has been terrific. But outside of him, and even him, you know, I, I worry about him in a big spot, but he's been terrific so far this year. You got to give him his credit. He has been. But you got to be worried about everybody else. I know Adovino had a clean inning yesterday, but you got to be concerned about him. You certainly got to be concerned about Lugo. But, you know, yesterday, of all people, Adonis Medina comes in and gets the job done uh, to salvage that win. The Mets win at 5-4 in 10 innings. And, uh, you know, things are rolling. Now they're on their way to play the Padres. They play three games with the Padres now in San Diego. And, uh, you know, we'll see what happens going forward with that. Uh, we'll see if we ever see Jacob DeGrom back again. I guess he's all signs are, are pointing to him, uh, uh, you know, on track with his rehab. We'll see what happens with Scherzer. I guess Scherzer, did you see this with Scherzer? His dog bit him in his pitching hand the other day. Did you see this with Max Scherzer? I guess he's okay. He said it was a whole, it was nothing about nothing, but. You know, you got Lindor sticking his finger in the door in a hotel room. You got Scherzer. He's not even pitching right now. He's on the IL, and he gets bit by his dog. But it doesn't matter. The Mets just continue to roll. They continue to roll. Great bounce back getting the last two games of that series in L.A. And as I said, now they go out and uh, play the San Diego Padres. Three games with the Padres, and what is it, three games after that with the uh, California L.A. Angels who just got swept three games by the Yankees at the stadium. I'm sure we're going to, I think we're going to see Syndergaard in that series as well for the Angels. But, you know, I'd be more than glad if the Mets get go five. You know, I mean, you want more than that. But if the Mets go five and five on this West Coast trip, I think you'd be pretty happy with that. But, and so far they're on track with that as they split the uh, four games with the Dodgers. All right, let's get a couple more of our, uh, our sponsors in here. Of course, uh, we all know Beach Camera, my good buddy Isaac. What a great job he's done. He's been so, uh, supportive of us uh, over the uh, over the uh, Terminus podcast. And you know the deal. They've been in business for over 30 years now. They offer all the top brands, LG, Samsung, and Sony. Give Isaac a call, Beach Camera, 732-993-6385. Stop in 80 Carter Drive, Edison uh, in Jersey. Let him save you some money. Uh, use the code, promo code JOEBJWEB, 15 bucks off your order of $100 or more at beachcamera.com. Of course, uh, let me not forget my son, Johnny, my buddy, Ari, uh, over at Anita Tire in Rivervale, New Jersey, Westwood Avenue. Go check them out. Uh, sometime early in July, we'll be doing a, uh, a special live podcast from the tires, from Anita Tire. I'll be doing it right in a tire, I believe. And uh, that should be pretty cool. We'll let you know the exact date of that coming up, probably sometime early next month. But go check out Anita Tire. You need tires, you need uh, work done on your car, go over there, uh, Rivervale, New Jersey, uh, Westwood Avenue, see Ari, see Johnny, and uh, they will take care of you. All right, Joe Beningo with the Oh The Pain podcast. The Yankees just continue to win. I mean, right now, the Yankees got the best record in baseball. They never lose. They beat the Tigers yesterday in, in 10 innings, came, came from behind to win it. They were down 2 nothing. Joey Gallo, how about the fact that the much maligned 
the whipping boy for all the Yankee fans right now, and rightfully so, Joey Gallo with a two-run home run yesterday to tie the game. Uh, the Yankees eventually come back and pull it out. They sweep the Tigers. I mean, the Yankees are not all cylinders right now. Uh, you're having a monster year from Aaron Judge. He's got, what, 21 home runs now. Their starting rotation has been unbelievable. I mean, you know, Nesta Cortez, you never can, you, you never, he never gives up a run anymore, Nesta Cortez. He's been phenomenal. Uh, Tyon has pitched terrific for the Yankees. Montgomery has pitched real well. He went into the seventh inning yesterday against Detroit. Garrett Cole, who's probably been, you know, like he's been pitching like their fourth starter, and he's been tremendous for them. I mean, you go right on down the line. You know, Severino has pitched well. Right now, the Yankee rotation has been absolutely lights out, and they just continue to roll. They swept the Angels. They swept the Tigers. They sweep this homestand. They win all six games on this homestand. They got a day off today, and they go out and out of Minnesota uh, to play the Twins uh, now coming up uh, in the next three games, and we'll see what they do out in Minnesota. But the Yankees right now, I mean, what else can you say? I mean, you could complain about Joey Gallo. He's been terrible. I get it. No, I understand that. And everybody, every Yankee fan in the world wants him off the team. And who knows what's going to happen. I mean, if he doesn't produce, I doubt he's going to be around too much longer. We'll see. But it's certainly not hurting him. I mean, they're, win they're winning every day. Every day. They win every day. Unreal. Yeah, you got to be very happy with the Yankees right now. They just absolutely continue to roll. As I said, their starting rotation has been fabulous. Uh, Aaron Judge is having a monster year. But how much money is he going to make? Oh, my God. I mean, the Yankees better be, they better be getting ready to ante up to, you know, north of 40 plus million a year. Like I said, if, if Francisco Lindor, and he's had a terrific year, he's bounced back, he's having a big year for the Mets right now. But if Francisco Lindor is worth 30 plus million a year, then Aaron Judge has got to be worth over 40 something million a year because he's on his way to, you know, breaking Roger Maris's uh, home run record as a Yankee with 61. I mean, he's on pace for about 63 right now. So Aaron Judge just having a uh, a huge year as he plays for the contract. So everything going uh, swimmingly uh, right now for the New York Yankees. So you got to be very, very happy with that. All right. Uh, baseball in New York just uh, moving right along. No question about it. Got to be happy right now if you're a fan of either team. You know, I want to mention before I, let, before I go, I want to get my last sponsor in here. And that, of course, is the Blue Hill Golf Course up in uh, Pearl River, New York. You know the deal with Blue Hill. 27 holes, uh, the best pro shop there is this side of the PGA store. They got everything you could possibly want there. They're going to have the golf simulators coming up later on in the summer. You want to go check it out. Played there last week. We'll try to get out there again this week. Very difficult to get tee times because it's such a great course. But uh, go up there, see AJ, see Big Mike, see Chase. They'll take care of you. Uh, tremendous course. 27 great holes. Uh, you know, from Lakeside to Pines to Woodlands. So uh, go check out the uh, Blue Hill Golf Course up in Pearl River. I haven't been paying a lot of attention to the NBA Finals. The uh, Warriors bounced back last night uh, with a blowout win over the Celtics. So that series is tied 1-1 as they'll go back to Boston now for games three and four after the Celtics came back with that monster fourth quarter in game one, scored 40 points in the fourth quarter to win game one. So the series now all tied at 1-1. And, you know, one thing we've seen in the NBA playoffs this year, the home court has not meant too much. I mean, you look at that series with Miami and Boston, 
you know, you saw, uh, you know, the Celtics win game five in Miami. You saw the, uh, the Heat win game six in Boston. The Celtics came back and won game seven in Miami. And now you've seen kind of the same thing. The Celtics win game one in, in San Francisco and Golden State. The Warriors bounce back uh, to win game two. So uh, this series looks like it's going to be a seven-gamer, and it really looks like the home court doesn't really mean a hell of a lot uh, in these NBA playoffs this year. Certainly it has not when uh, the Celtics have been involved. So we'll see. Warriors bounce back with that win last night, and, um, you know, we'll see what happens going forward. But that series now tied 1-1. I guess game three is Wednesday. Yeah, you you know how they drag it out here in the NBA. That's one of the great things about the hockey. Every other night you get in the game. And that's the way it should be. But the NBA drags it out. You know, the first game is Thursday. The second game is Sunday. The third game is Wednesday. I guess they're going Wednesday, Friday now, I guess. I I guess they're going Wednesday, Friday, Sunday. Is that what they're doing now? I guess that's what they're doing. So, but, uh, you know, they drag it out in the NBA. There's no doubt about it. But, you know. We'll see. But that series now tied at 1-1 as they go back to Boston for game three, which I believe is Wednesday night. You know, one more thing before we go. I just want to one back to one more thing on the Rangers. Chris Kreider, Chris Kreider scored yesterday uh, his 10th goal of the playoffs. But in doing so, he now has tied Roger Bear for most goal, most playoff goals in the history of the New York Rangers. He and Gilbert both have 34. And the Rangers still have at least three games left to play in this playoff uh, run. So you got to believe Kreider is going to break the record this year. Uh, Not only that, but he also tied Adam Graves for the most goals in a regular season on into the playoffs. 52 during the regular season for Kreider. He now has 10. Adam Graves had 62 goals in the uh, 1996 playoffs. And uh, Kreider now has 62 in these playoffs. So. Chris Kreider, who uh, is really establishing himself as one of the great Rangers of all time. So congratulations to him on the uh, uh, tying Graves with the 62 goals for a uh, regular season and playoffs and tying Roger Bear now for the most goals in the history of the Rangers in the playoffs with 34. Coach Mike Westhoff coming up uh, in a little while. You want to check that out. Uh, Everybody enjoy the rest of your week. All the love, everybody.